0: Stay good everyone. Good. welcome to this minute minute 63 of a week uh minute by minute podcast we have the usual suspect with this mike and priyank and priyank, you're would i say suffering in 40 degree heat I would, <laughs> I would uh hazard hazard a guess um you're in your summer attire today it's uh it's very very warm in London, and you never get time to uh, to acclimatise. Do does it affect your meditation practices? Or yes, it does. It affects every aspect of your life.
1: <laughs> but um, yeah, we slept outside yesterday. It's pretty nice.
0: But you get benefits like that. Well, I imagine in the summertime, with the sun coming up early, it does maybe help with some some uh, meditative practices of early morning meditation but uh, yeah the heat that comes with it challenging mm-hmm. i'm in a mud hut today so i'm nice and cool in mm-hmm. brazil so junks the positions mike how are you keeping
2: everything's fine here i mean california is in a 30-year drought or something but we've we're used Gosh. to that already so fine yes
0: yes indeed well good to chat with you guys today we have packed minute very interesting topics to discuss as always really this documentary does offer up uh, a lot of good content in a short amount of time we're covering half the previous minute technically in the documentary for any keen followers um from one minute uh, from 30 seconds into the last minute and we're going into 40 seconds into the following minute. so if anybody's really following keenly just so you know That is what we're doing this minute and we will be covering the topic of Sri Yukteswar and his Masamadi. Uh, So let's start shall we. Um, And really the the previous minute to add context, Yogananda has returned triumphantly to India where he is with god-mad and god-hungry crowds and we talked about that in depth in the last minute where he was fighting the feeling that he wanted um, to stay in India. He didn't want to go back to the United States and he, um, yeah, we we see we see him uh, with many with many spiritual leaders and so on and so forth. Um, and really, in the last shots of the previous minute, we we see a depiction of a telegram that was sent to Yogananda, uh, and it was telling him to come back to the Puri ashram at once. And this was, this ominously set the scene for minute sixty three, which we'll go into now. Uh, and and something. I can begin with was left out of the film that uh, uh, was really in the story that was depicted more in the autobiography of Yogi's I'm sure we're all, we're all quite familiar with, but um, they left it out of the documentary of the film. And we can kind of talk about why uh, there's a couple of bits that they leave out here around the story of uh, Sri Tishwar's passing as Masamadi. Um, but we can go into the details. Priyank, do you want to jump in? Yeah.
1: I think the most important thing that they leave out is his resurrection, mm. which I find very uh, interesting. Uh, yes. like my um, my nephew, sorry, my, my younger brother-in-law has seen the film um, and he thinks that's all he needs to do. And this is a prime example where watching the film <laughs> leaves yeah. you with like not even 1% of what you can get out of reading the autobiography of your Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's, it's very true, and there's there's two points, actually, where Sri Yukteswar appears to Guruji that they leave out, um, and I'll, I'll I'll touch on the other one in, in a moment, but just to go through this in order, so <clears throat> Yogananda is with Sri Yukteswar, um, and there's stories where Sri Yukteswar is spoken to by his disciples to um, visit uh, Kittipur, Um and he refuses, and he says, I shall Go to Kiripur no more. And it, there's an interesting comment here in the Autobiography of a Yogi, it says, <clears throat> for a moment Master Sri trembled like a frightened child. Super, super interesting. It goes on the detail why this is, and it says attachment to body residence springing up from its own nature, i.e. arising from immemorial roots, past experiences of death, Patanj- uh, Patanjali wrote, "Is it present in slight degree even in great sense." So, really, even in somebody like Sri Yukteswar, you will still have that bondage from spirit to to the body. Uh, Prak, do you want to jump in on that?
1: Yeah, it's it's uh, pretty epic um, to think that an avatar would tremble <laughs> at anything in this life let alone that death which for a a saint such as Sri Yukteswar would seem trivial wouldn't it birth and death
2: for sure Mike yeah it's it's kind of humanizes him and at the same time for the people who see him as a super um uh as a as a supernatural being they kind of are reminded why this happens so that's why he explains it i think in the autobiography one thing i wanted to mention about what you guys said earlier about the resurrection is that the movie somehow it has a different vibe than the autobiography i feel like they're trying to hold back a lot on all the miracles and all the supernatural things they try to Uh, make it more like a documentary and the one supernatural thing they talk about is the going within and the the inner states that he has but not really beyond that maybe that's on purpose probably
0: yeah yeah that crossed my mind as well I think I think they were trying to hone in had a limited uh scope but maybe that's something they could tackle in a second second run uh uh, take two awake. um there, there, is, there is a really interesting line here that uh, I believe Sri Yukteswar said, just as long, just as a long caged bird hesitates to leave its accustomed home when the door is opened. And that's in reference to what we just said. Uh, and Guruji um, uh, must have then responded to say, I entreated him with a sob. Don't say that. Never utter those words to me. So Yogananda is really pushing, pushing against, uh, he's resisting against the what seems to be the inevitable uh, transition and passing of Sri Yukteswar that Sri Yukteswar seemed to know uh, that was coming. Um, and there's another story here that goes on. Guruji is really oblivious to these hints. So he, he um, is making plans, Guruji uh, Yogananda, to go to Allahabad. And uh, Sri Yukteswar says to him, do you really want to go? And Yogananda remarks to say, well, you know once you saw babaji you know I, I would i think it's my turn to see him essentially uh, and shri said i don't think you'll you you'll meet him there and then he went silent not to interrupt yogananda's plans and yogananda does go ahead with those plans and he uh, he leaves to, to to go there and there is an interesting story that one of uh, shri krishwar's disciples uh tells Yogananda, when he does return, that uh, Shri Yukteswar really was quite—I um, I wouldn't say distressed, but he, he remarked how Yogananda had left. You know, Yogananda was gone. Yogananda was gone, um, uh, and he clearly felt uh, like this was the last time he would see Yogananda. So that was that was another story that that they left out. So these premonitions, Sri Yukteswar seemed to know that time was time is coming. Do you want to jump in? Yeah, it's interesting that um,
1: he kind of like mm, brushed off that feeling. You know, when Yogananda was going, he, mm. he obviously didn't want him to go because he wanted in some way to him to be near him when he passes, but he brushed it off. And then as soon as like played this like game or an act, and then as soon as he went, then he let his true feelings out. I he's, he's Yogananda is gone. So just as later on, you know, you um Yogananda said, oh, the line of Bengal is gone. Similarly, Yogananda, sorry, Yukdeshore had that similar impact when he when he knew that this was the last time he was gonna see him, whereas Guruji didn't know, which is an interesting parallel.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mike.
2: Yeah, I, I've always thought like, you know, if I um Yogananda and Like, I want to go to Allahabad and Sri Yukteswar tells him, I don't think you'll see Babaji there. Then I would go like, okay, why? Maybe I shouldn't go then. But Mm -hmm. I feel like that kind of describes a bit the nature of their relationship a bit, not um, like Guruji is trying to follow his intuition all the time, right? And not really the the words, the verbal words spoken between them. And intuition, that's what he was trying to explain I think it was hiding the true intention of Sri Cheshwar, that Sri Cheshwar actually didn't want Yogananda to go because he was going to pass right
0: yeah yeah and I suppose he probably felt um that there is this divine intervention in some ways coming in mm. to, to this to, to separate them uh, and Yogananda talks about that himself. He says, apparently I was remaining oblivious to implications in Sri Yukteswar's attitude because the Lord wished to spare me the experience of being forced helplessly to witness my Guru's passing. And we talked about that before, you know, he, he's had multiple occasions, right? So who are the, the 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 occasions where he was spared witnessing of the passing of his loved
2: ones, his mother.
1: his Mother Ananda.
2: Ananda. Um, and
1: uh, and um, probably Luther Burbank as well.
2: Yeah, Luther Burbank as well, yeah. 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 With his brother Ananta, he felt the moment of his passing in the store when he dropped a souvenir that he bought. Yeah.
0: yeah. Crazy, yeah. Um, so he, Yogananda, does receive this news, as we saw in, in the previous minute, technically, um, come to purely ashram at, at once, the telegram said, and it was sent on March the 8th. Um, and and really, Yogananda described the receiving of the message as, well, he was in anguish at the implications. So immediately he realized, oh, you know, what, what's happened. And he said he dropped to his knees. All, all of this in the autobiography of the a yogi. Of yogi. Uh, he dropped to his knees and implored God that my guru's life be spared. And this is interesting as well. Do, do you recall the story? Of the the little deer in Ranchi, um, when Guruji was praying to save the life of this animal, and then the animal came in spirit form to say, "Hey, you got, got to let me go. You know, it's, it's it's time for me time for me to move move on." And he realized he was, he was holding um, holding it back uh, on it on its journey. So maybe this was uh, another reason why they almost had to be separated at that point because the incessant prayers I think Yogananda describes that it would have interrupted this passing um, uh, and and relieving of the body um, in that moment because the prayers probably would have been so strong magnetic um, powerful force that uh, it may may have interrupted it somewhere Um, and and really uh, he when he was praying it was answered but this is incredible really he says it was answered the divine voice spoke within: do not go to puri tonight um thy power cannot be granted and he inwardly uh, uh, agreed to to simply not travel that night to go to puri and put it off for the next day um but uh I, I'll, I'll pause before i go on to this next bit because it's a you know another insane part mike you have a comment to make
2: yeah, first i could think of one more person that he wasn't there for when they passed on it was sister gianna mata where they all went on a on a on a short trip on that day right um yeah this this also reminded me a bit of um um him getting the telegram reminded me a bit of his mother passing when they when he had the vision and, and then in the morning they got the telegram come come mm-hmm. quickly and yeah, Yogananda, I feel like because they didn't really communicate um that Sri Yukteswar was going to pass, I guess um, maybe Yogananda would have understood it more then. But now that it hits him like that, that he's leaving, he's like, of course, trying to move heaven and earth for it not to happen. Um, amazing.
0: But then he, he has the wherewithal to listen to the to listen to his intuition, to listen to the divine voice within him. I just thought that was incredible because he's he's clearly feeling, he says, anguish, emo- you know, there's going to be emotions there. He would have been praying incessantly to try to, you know, allow Shriukdushwar more time on earth because he wanted to spend time with him simply. Um, but yet he listened to this uh, prayer, th- this answer to his prayer. Um, so it's real powerful for me that, that part of the story. Prick.
1: Yeah, the, well, maybe I should. Re- I don't know if I should, but I will uh, re- relate a personal story. So, my I, I think you'll know that my my mum passed away a few months ago, and, um, and we like well, a few weeks before her actual passing, um, she she was going through a tough time, and she wasn't really responding, and. I went over and then I like, I held her hand and I like, stroked her hair. She was still she was still breathing and her heart rate was there, but she wasn't responding. Her eyes were open, but it wasn't responding. So like I was really trying to I you know really called her back. Um, and after after ten minutes she came she came back and mm-hmm. uh, and then uh, a couple of weeks after that her, her health got really bad and she she left and there was various reasons why I couldn't go. during you know went on the last uh, moment when she passed even though i could have gone there was nothing stopping me but various things happened but i was was thinking that was probably actually her time to go that previous time because then she wouldn't have suffered those last two weeks but um, you know the that bond is so strong that it stops the natural thing that's supposed to happen which is the, which is the easy
0: Passage, I suppose, or
1: the resistance-free passage.
0: Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. I, I think we. I've mentioned in in the last couple of minutes episodes uh, about the book, the Sadhguru's death book, and he mentions in there just what you say is, uh, you know, having family members and friends around around at the, the time of passing can interrupt your your uh, the ease of which you do pass. Um, because of the emotions, the memories, you know, t- tying you to 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 those people and tying you to the material plane. Um, so yeah, divine intervention um, happens for a reason, Priyank. Yeah, let Mike come back first. Actually, I'll, I'll come yeah. back to the
1: second point.
2: Yeah, um, thank you for sharing that story, Priyank. Because I feel like when you um, get into the teachings of metaphysics and of the Bhagavad Gita and of reincarnation you sometimes you see this whole reincarnation cycle and, and you start thinking yeah people come people go and you lose a bit the uh, uh, kind of connection part between people and that's why I love that Guruji and Sri he had the strong bond, here, and he had a strong bond with so many people, and he had a hard time letting go each time, right? And that's why it's so, so nice to hear from Priyank how he had this connection with his mother. And because even though we all reincarnate and we see each other probably over and over again, those connections are still very meaningful, and they are very important, and I feel like they're also a big part of the lives that we live.
0: Priyank, do you want to? Yeah,
1: interesting, that? interesting. After um, after like one or two months, after forty, after forty days, which is uh, Samyakala, which is a period of time in in Hinduism where like things change. So, forty days after her her passing, we did various rituals, and then I took down pictures of my mum that I had on my walls, and my wife was like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> <laughs> and, I said, and I said, "Um, I said." that's you know she, her memory doesn't need to be you know there in your face you know in in, in in that in that you know what happened in her last moments in terms of me perhaps, perhaps being a hindrance for her easily moving on that same thing could happen to me so in my perception I thought why do I have pictures of anyone other than God and gurus on my wall so in my mind I took to I thought to take take that picture down I didn't think anything of it it's not like I'm disowning her from my um from my conscience it's more that um that i I don't want that to that that um thought to be you know at the forefront whenever i walk past that part of the house etc or um if i'm you know that keeps reminding me of, of of um of that relationship that i've that i've lost um, but interestingly, uh, this weekend, my, um, my aunt and my, my sisters were coming over. <laughs> and they hadn't come over for a while since I'd taken the pictures down. And I, I went, I put all the pictures back up like my dad's picture, <laughs> my mum's. <laughs> my mom's picture my sister's graduation picture and my mom's like what are you doing you're contradicting yourself and I was like I may be there at this place but my sister will definitely not understand and my my, my aunt will like break down if she doesn't see a picture and uh, she's like okay fine whatever you reckon she thought it was a bit weird taking it down and then put it back up and I said no when they come in the future now then I'll because enough time will then have passed and I'll explain the philosophy to them and then um my aunt my aunt as soon as she'd come in she'd obviously she was emotional because it's the first time she'd um she'd she'd come after the passing but she'd bought a flower from her house and she's like where's the picture as soon as she got into the house yeah. where's the picture and I was oh, over there and Then she took it and she's like go get a candle and then I got a candle and she put the flower there and I was like oh, God, can you imagine the chaos that would have yeah. ensued if I didn't have the picture
0: yeah I normally relate as you know being born and raised in Ireland that it, yeah all hell would have been raised um, <laughs> in that moment um, uh, yeah Mike do you want to jump in
2: I do um, uh, emphasize with that a lot like when when my mother passed away it's a it's a lot longer ago so but I, I also I felt this feeling that I need to change things like I cannot have all her pictures that around that I had before the way it was but I also don't don't want to have a place where there's no memory of her at all right and so um I put a picture of her um, where she's like 25 years old or something, and I put I put that um, um, I think it stands somewhere in my bedroom, Um, and it's it's just how I remember or how I want to remember her as like that great person she was, and not not focusing on the last years that were more painful. Yeah.
0: Yeah, thanks for sharing, guys. I'm sure the audience, you know, they, they'll have um, similar stories. We, we'll all uh, lose loved ones. Um, that's the one thing that's guaranteed, I think, in this life. So it's good to be able to come to some form of understanding of, of what's occurring and how to deal with it. And these kind of things are very important. Um, and Guruji, you know, he, he wasn't beyond um, feeling these human emotions, and he certainly described these. Emotions um, for for us then to be able to, as you mentioned, Mike, maybe relate to him more and Sri Yuktishwar more. And by the way, just to go back, I'm, I meant to say on Sri Yuktishwar, trembling like, like a frightened child, as described in the autobiography of a yogi, it's like a frightened child. I don't think he was actually frightened like a child. I think this is more the physical, you know, what was actually happening physically, you know, mater- from a material point of view rather than psychological. Uh, Mike.
2: It's a bit similar to when um, Shri yogteshwar just kind of totally dropped the bomb on Lahiri Mahasaya when he kind of told him, um, yeah, I, I met Babaji and he told, he told me to tell you your time's coming to an end or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. There's that story in the autobiography of a yogi. And then he said suddenly um, uh, Lahiri Mahasaya became very earnest and everything and started meditating. And yeah. I feel like it—it is—it is a big deal, right? To leave the body, um, it's not nothing, even if you're an avatar.
0: And we're going to get into more of those details in future minutes, where we see a change in Yogananda as a consequence of, of what um, what happens here today. So this is a real shift. And you know, we, we, there is there is a question maybe here in, in the cards. You know, how did, how did we feel when we were watching this minute? And I can kind of jump in here and say. I personally realized after watching it a few times, I was holding my breath with certain moments, and I didn't realize like, oh, geez, right, I, I need to I need to remind myself to breathing in because I think I was so captivated by the scenes. Again, they they caught some video. Um, it was fascinating. It was emotionally kind of, you know, challenging for me in some ways as well because I think I maybe. With Yogan. there's a great picture of Yogananda there where he's in slow-mo and he's walking away from a scene I think it may be you know at the funeral may not be and he's walking away and he looks up at the camera and I just felt like I was going through those you know these emotions that he was going through it's a very very heavy I, I don't know about you guys what you were feeling um when you were watching these minutes Priyank
1: yeah, it was it was very heavy, and I, the reason I, I wanted to ask this question is because I was speaking to my brother-in-law, and um, about Mahasamadhi. and I said, "Oh, yeah, you would have seen um, how Sri Yukteswar in the film. He left his body in a lotus position, and you know his, his body was in that kind of rigor mortis position when when um, in the film." And he's like, "No, I don't remember that," and I was like, "Wow, this is like, like the most probably the most moving." Uh, scenes in many ways those those images because how often do you actually see a dead you know dead body in on cinema probably wouldn't even if it wasn't a documentary type thing it probably wouldn't even be allowed to be shown so I was like how how is it how does it how is it that you forget and then I was thinking of other people like you Chris that obviously this this is this is going to be etched in your heart and, and similarly it is in mine but I, so, I thought it was such a strange reaction for some people to forget about it um, and he's not a devotee of Yogananda but he's he is a devotee um, and other people for it to be um, very disturbing um, mm. and very moving and in your
0: case couldn't breathe. <laughs> yeah no. I mean I, I think just to kind of compound that what I'll not forget is yogurt, the look in Yogananda's eyes in that scene that they ca- they captured and they included at the yeah. right time yeah I think that look was if I'm not mistaken they
1: they lowered his body in a cloth probably in the in the gra- in the um, in the grave um, and Yogananda was just walking away after they'd lowered his body and he looked up at the uh, camera so they just literally dropped his body that was draped in a white cloth um, yeah. yeah Mike <clears throat>
2: I feel like some people who watch the movie, they're not even aware what they're looking at. They're not even aware that they're looking at a body that where the soul has has left already, right? I mean, it's, it is an incredible scene and having that on video is, yeah, it's very hard to not uh, like really hard to forget. And I had to think a lot about what I saw there, but there's this one scene where Guruji touches his cheeks, I think. Um, and it's and it's so nice because it's such a like you know that he left the body, but there's still he's he's like caressing it, right? He's like, there's still this love there, even though the soul has left the body, but that was my master's temple. So I treat it with love, right?
0: I, I had a maybe a different take on that. I thought he was cupping in his chin and whether he was I initially thought he was checking for a pulse but actually rereading the autobiography of a yogi he had passed some time before that and I think Yogananda what he was doing was probably beyond my understanding but he was maybe um working working with the the body in some way um you're nodding your head maybe you know more about this but
1: um I think uh, that he because although he's in Mahasamadhi, um, he would have his body would have swayed to one side, as would have mm. as would his neck. So if you look at many of those images, they're actually holding holding up his body so it stays upright. Mm. And similarly, Yogananda is holding up his head so it doesn't tilt to the side, so that we can you know the the um, the video the camera can get a good shot of him. Mm. And in that case, I think he's actually holding his chin up in one of this one of the, one of the pictures so it kind of it's upwards and this is exactly what I was talking about because I th- i was thinking um, and <laughs> many people would find this quite disturbing if not offensive way to treat a deceased um that's why I wanted to discuss this because uh, in India it's it's not really um and um it's not at all because we acknowledge that this you know this body is just a lump of Play really, and there's no, you know, in Christianity, there's you know this body will rise up again, you know, after after the, the day of judgment, etc. And this that's probably why they revere the body a little bit. But in in the East, that's obviously not the case at all. Um, and similarly, in my, in the case of my mum as well, similar thing happened because my um, uh, I'd you know I'd i meticulously because you know we had the benefit of um, knowing where the illness was going. I meticulously planned what was going to happen on the last, you know, last few days before she gets cremated. Um, so I knew exactly what to do, and everyone was like, "What are you, you know, aren't you like emotional about this? Aren't you kind of, How are you managing to keep it all together?" Like, no, we can't do that. That's you know, that's a body we need to respect, it, et it, etc. Um, so, for example, we we have to change. You have to you have to wash the body. You have to change into a white white attire. My mum had picked um like a colourful sari. And uh, the tradition is white, pure white um, outfit, and that's not for the benefit of the body, but it's for the benefit of the people or the family that are mourning. Because the process should be liberating, not just for that person who's passed, but actually everyone that's touched by the passing. So, um, so yeah, there was there was that. But in, in with my with my with my family's case, it was interesting because obviously most of them, even though they're, they're Hindus, they're, they're you know the, the cultures—they've assimilated the traits of like a Western funeral, where you don't touch the body, you don't—you know—you don't do don't do anything. You send it send it to the mortuary, and um, you let them deal with it as if they know what they're doing any more than what you would. Um, but obviously, I'd I'd done a lot of reading in the subject and uh, introspected before, so I I knew exactly I, I knew how we were going to deal with it, and everyone was quite um yeah, shocked but because thankfully because i was the only son and i was the main carer they didn't really
0: <laughs> raise yeah. any objections yeah it, it's you know i've shared i'm going through something um with uh, something similar with my cousin um at the minute and it, it's always it's always um challenging um be- between uh, different uh backgrounds of knowledge and thinking philosophies of, of what to do but um uh, uh yeah uh, i'm i'm glad to glad to hear Priyank you were able to uh enact a lot of these things for sure um i'm sure it helps uh considerably we haven't really even got to the subject matter of this minute yet by the way i'm just like there's so there's so many like deep topics of conversation here um and uh it, you know I, I wanted to just touch on one more thing um before we kind of get into the the, the minute and it is that whenever Yogananda had this inner sort of divine voice that spoke to him to say don't go there tonight he he was obedient and and, and he went uh, the next day and when he was on the train um, I think it was a two or three hundred kilometer journey from where he was um, he it says in the autobiography of a yogi um, as he was sitting in the train a vision of Sri Yukteswar appeared before him uh, and he was sitting very grave and countenance with a light on each side and Yogananda said is it all over I lifted my arms beseechingly and he nodded Sri Yukteswar and slowly vanished so really incredible and, and the other thing there that I, did, I left out was um, a black astral cloud suddenly covered the sky so this must have been this moment when Sri had his masamati, he left the body, and Yogananda sitting there in the train. Um, Mike, to your point, you know, when he, he was in the grocery store and he realized that his brother had passed, you know, he sees this, you know, black astral cloud and this vision of you know, Shri Akhdishwari confirmed, yeah, Time, time time's up. Um, un- unbelievable. When I was reading this, this is part of the magic of the autobiography of Yogi that he speaks truth to you, and, and you say, okay, well, yeah, this, this, is, this is real, this, this happens, and um, the, the, the reality of, of life is just so complex and, and um, amazing, really. I was just in awe when I read this. Uh, but that really sets the scene for when Yogananda then arrives um, to, to see Sri Yukteswar in person and purity in his ashram. And I'll just read this part of the autobiography out because um, in Yogananda's words, he says, stunned i swayed realizing that in diverse ways my guru was trying to convey to me devastating news seething with rebellion my soul was like a volcano by the time i reached the puri hermitage i was nearing collapse the inner voice was tenderly repeating collect yourself be calm i entered the ashram room where my master's body unimaginably lifelike was sitting in the lotus posture a picture of health and loveliness. A short time before his passing, my guru had been slightly ill with fever, but before the day of his ascension into the infinite, his body had become completely well. No matter how often I looked at his dear form, I could not realize that its life had departed. I, and he goes on to, to, to say, as Prang mentioned, life, the line of Bengal is gone, and he conducted the solemn rites uh, in the garden of the Puri Ashram. Has anybody visited the the Puri Ashram? Does anybody been there? No, Mike, you, no. You um, yeah, I wonder what it would be like to go. Sure, quite amazing really. Um, so that was that was all the prelude, you know, in the autobiography of a Yogi. And in the scenes then, you know, the somber, sorrowful music playing in the documentary, um, the, the scene's very, very somber. Um, all black and white footage, amazing um, video footage that they, they managed to, to capture of Guruji and others, you know, with Sri Yukteswar, he's sitting in the lotus posture, as we mentioned. And, you know, on either side of him, we had Guruji on his right-hand side, and then another man who I wasn't sure who, who he was, um, maybe a, a, an older disciple on his left um, who was you know holding holding him in uh, in place and upright um, before i go on priyank do you, do you want to jump in with a comment
1: yeah so um, there's i think there's two categories of image there's one mm. category of image where it's literally the the they've kept his body as it was when he passed and then there's there's um, there's a, there's a second set of images where they've got garlands of flowers around him and Mm -hmm. I I think they may have changed his clothes um, but basically what happens is um, you as I said with 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 my mum you you before the cremation or in this case the the burial you wash you wash the clothes and you sorry you wash the body and then you and then you change change the clothes to, to new clothes not clothes that they would have worn in the past, not old clothes. It's a new, new attire, and then that goes um, with the body. So yeah, I think if you if you look closely, there'll be you'll see the difference between the two uh, groups of images. Um, and apparently, he uh, Yogananda conducted the the rites, um, the proper rituals, and the body was entombed in the lotus position in the ashram gardens, according to the. Hindu custom, so uh, that's uh, pretty unique. Um, um, the, the apparently um, saints that take Mahasamadhi or gurus that have left the body consciously don't don't need to be cremated. And um, I think we've discussed this in the past, but they have um, something called a mahadi stan. Stan means like a, a, a same root word for stand and it means um like a it's a temple it's a temple of a location where you know where a samadhi would have take for, taken place So then that that space becomes a consecrated space and powerful to visit and hence going to the Buryashram, because they you know sananda apparently built built a temple at the site um where where the mass samadhi took place and that that is a temple in its own right that so you should uh,
0: you
2: should go mm. and uh, go and see it sure mike do you want to jump in you you're muted mike. i was actually just gonna i was just gonna ask for exactly that um and he basically answered my question and then my follow-up would be you don't need to cremate people who go into or saints that go into mahasamadhi because you do the cremation right because to remove all attraction as for the astral body to come back to the body right to to cut the cord between the material world and the as and the astral being right and for um perfect master this is not necessary right
1: yeah, yeah. There's, uh, there's some temples in india that is literally the in, uh, in near my home village in the place called naryad there's a something called a Santaram temple and um and there's literally every, wherever a saint has taken a samadhi, they've built a small shrine for him or her. So there's this space where there's like eight small shrines in the space of like, you know, a small compound. And it's where each master of the lineage took their um, mahasamadhi. So it's a pretty special place.
0: Yeah. Incredible. Um, so, one thing that I—I I mean, I—I I might get flak for saying this, but I couldn't help but kind of chuckle at—is the um, the expressions of the uh, on the faces of the children. Um, they're clearly very, very—you um, uh, know solid expressions. Um, but uh, I just—I <laughs> just felt so. Um, I wouldn't say sorry for them, but my heart broke for them. Um, But uh, they're very, very young, very young children sitting in front of Sri Pishwar's body. Um, But uh, there, you know, there's a whole plethora of people um, uh, in there. Sorry, I I think am I lagged? No, you're fine. You're fine. You're fine. Okay, sorry. Um, I think my video lagged. there's a whole plethora of people there, but uh, the video scans across and, and you see these children sitting in front of uh, Sri Tishwar's body, clearly moved, clearly upset that, um, uh, of what of what they're witnessing. And really, um, the, the scene, and to your point, Mike, I think people may watch this and not really realize what's going on. So has Sri Yukteswar actually left his body? You know, um, they were carrying in a cloth or or, or a large, large bit of cloth that they were carrying his body um, what was he maybe in Masamari at that point or, or what was going on? They didn't really explain this in the documentary. So I think you could be forgiven if uh, if you didn't know what was going on and you hadn't read the, um, if you haven't read the autobiography of a Yogi. Um, so the, the minute then it does come towards an end after all these amazing scenes, and I think in one of them, you see Richard Wright standing there, um, very slim and slender. Uh, and And... In the pr- in the end of the minute, you see some shots of a boat on a river. You see the Regent Hotel, and we see Master sitting in an elegant-looking room, over overlooking what must be a balcony, um, with the doors wide open, um, clearly contemplating uh, what is what has just taken place. And we have some script, you know, in this minute where Yogananda says, "Mastermind, why did you leave me?" Um, and, and that is is really beseeching um, to what Yogananda must have been feeling and, and uh, experiencing at the time. And so he was contemplating what was happening uh, or certainly looking that way in the scene. And we see a touch of a man being Sri of in a ghostly kind of translucent form uh, on Yogananda's shoulder. And he appears in a way um, he melts into the scene in a reflection. They did that quite a nice way, like clever way, uh, into a mirror where Yogananda is sitting in the room. The mirror is there, and we see this form of Sri Yukteswar appearing and then coming to put his hand on Yogananda's shoulder. So that is, as we talked about at the very top of the goal, Sri Yukteswar Um Shri reappearing as he does uh, in the autobiography of Yogi to Yogananda, but they don't really describe what is going on in the documentary. Um, Mike, do you want to jump in?
2: That is kind of what I was going to say, what you just mentioned, that they sort of basically they show Bombay, they show him in the hotel room, but they don't really go into what's happening there. So they're hinting at it. but maybe that's even teasing it or consciously saying we're not getting into this, but we acknowledge that this happened kind of. Right? What do you guys think?
0: Yeah, my great. Yeah, my my take my take on this was there's just so much content that they need to focus. Um, we need to focus it somehow, And this is quite a solemn subject as well. And I think it would stretch and challenge people's imagination if they're not uh, um uh, if they're not into the teachings of yoga the philosophies the understandings um they maybe just simply wanted to sidestep this and try to you know insinuate or hint that yes these things may have occurred um but uh yeah i i, I think it's just a necessary it, i wouldn't be surprised if they had it in one cut and they just decided to leave it out uh put it that way because it wouldn't be that difficult. There wasn't that much um, script in these minutes, in this minute, the previous one, or the next. So it wouldn't have been that difficult to do a voiceover to actually describe in some way what was going on. Um, but yeah, they probably just w- wanted to leave it out for simplicity's sake, from what I, what I think. Um, Mike, can you jump in?
2: Maybe- simplicity speak, or maybe it was because it's already so controversial depicting Sri Yukteswar with another actor right we talked about this when the when the two met, right and we even now I mean to show him in this mirror imagine they would have made a huge scene with someone acting as Sri Yukteswar reappearing and then talking about the astral plane I feel like maybe yes. that's something they've they felt like that was really difficult to to actually do in a movie so they 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 just didn't go for that uh,
0: and mike i'm sure you're particularly aggrieved because this uh, if i if i'm allowed to say is uh, one of your favorite um uh, chapters in the autobiography of a yogi this next yes. the next part of the resurrection um it's so magical isn't it just reading that just blew my mind about a hundred times um that chapter
2: Yes, if, if anyone ever has a question, what is the astral plane like, just read that chapter, there's so much detail, so much, it's, it's just um, because the book is about um Guruji's life and suddenly they go into this, they start this whole new discourse about this magical world, right, and I, when I first read that I was just blown away and I still like rereading it sometimes because it is it is actually something every time i read it there's something new that i hadn't uh that i missed before mm-hmm.
0: yeah tends to be the way doesn't it uh, Priyank. yeah
1: same for me this is in my top three chapters the resurrection of Sri fish because um uh yeah the the content is just phenomenal and i love the the way that it is um uh this how it carries how it kind of the narrative in that in that in that section because it's like you know the bhagavad gita is like this despondent um arjuna um and who's you know he's given up hope and he drops his weapon and he starts asking question after question after question and similarly in this case yogananda is the arjuna and obviously we uh, amongst uh, self realization fellowship uh, disciples we um, we believe uh, Yogananda was uh, Arjuna in a, in a previous incarnation, so this kind of feels nuanced, but in a similar tone. This whole dialogue that uh, you know Yogananda has with um, with um, Sri Yukteswar, and I've um I've got my the best bits. Um, I've picked out the best bits. So I think like if they had done, um, if they had like for example dedicated you know. One or two minutes to this scene. I've got like some things that I think I personally would have liked to them to added. So if you look, if you open the Resurrection of Shriekeshwar card, I don't know if Chris, if now is the appropriate time. Maybe we can read out my favorite sections. Mike's first.
2: So long as the soul of man is encased in one, two, or three body containers sealed tightly with the cords of ignorance and desires, he cannot merge with the sea of spirit. When the gross physical receptacle is destroyed by the hammer of death, the other two coverings, astral, causal, still remain to prevent the soul from consciously joining the omnipresent life. When desirelessness is attained through wisdom, its power disintegrates the two remaining vessels. The tiny human soul emerges free at last. It is one with a measureless amplitude. Yeah, the, beautiful.
1: The beautiful. The, there's, I think, there's a couple of sections in the autobiography. You do a word search in the autobiography. The word free. Uh, it, relate, it, it comes out with some epic uh, six sequences in the autobiography of a yogi and uh, this one i think is the top of my list of how he's used the word free because uh f- free at last you know when i when i read that it just it made me shake <laughs> such a deep uh, concept of imprisoned selves mike
2: yeah the, the last two sentences they remind me a bit of the samadhi poem mm and when he says free, when he describes the tiny soul and free at last, Mm -hmm. and I feel like the word free is like probably changing its meaning a bit through the ages, right, I feel like in the Kali Yuga, free meant you are not imprisoned by somebody else who put you in a prison, and I feel like in the spiritual context especially, free means free from your own desires, free to do what's right, Right? And that is that is like a more higher ageist meaning of free. Yeah. Agreed. Hmm.
0: Shall I continue reading? Yes, please. Never from song or story had I ever received such inspiring knowledge. Though the Hindu scriptures refer to the causal and astral world and to man's three bodies how remote and meaningless those pages compared with the warm authenticity of my resurrected master from him indeed existed not a single undiscovered country from whose born no traveler returns yeah i thought um
1: I i i did the comparison of the Bhagavad gita and this chapter <laughs> and you know it, obviously you can't really compare because the Bhagavad gita is like this complete complete scripture uh that's almost perfect probably in poetry prose um you know everything about it is probably per- the most perfect scripture that there that there is but for us as devotees like obviously this chapter has virtually everything that the, that that Bhagavad Gita has or the most important elements of it, anyway. So I was thinking, what's better for us to read the Bhagavad Gita and study it in detail, or this uh, this chapter because of how much beauty and depth and the way that it's described, um, you know? And uh, <laughs> this this is interesting because there's there's other biographers of Yogananda that um, that kind of brush this chapter aside. Because no, there's no witnesses. There's no uh, record of it ever having taken place. So as a biographer, I'm not really interested in this because anyone could come up with anything if no one was there to prove it. But <laughs> it's such perfection in the description and how how it marries so well with not other scripture, other Hindu scripture from you know from. From time immemorial, but also to the rest of the autobiography, like you know how Mike just said, like the Samadhi poem, it's 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 in there as well. All all of this stuff and his descriptions of the astral, you know, causal um, um, is 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 all in there, and the material and the the yogas are in there. So it's like it's all this this lovely consistent beauty, and it's just it's just mind blowing. Um, even compared to scripture such as the, the gita uh chris
0: i think in some level there's a, is it maybe in the gita as well Yoga talks about this about the intellect um and knowledge and information can come through different channels intellect or or intuition and he says basically if you you know if you don't have the Intellect, you know, I trust your intuition. And and that's, I probably rely on that very, you know, very, very much, I'll, I'll, I'll admit. And my intuition tells me this is true, you know, when I first read it. So it was like truth to my soul, not to my mind. Um, you know, so at some level, I felt like this is true. And I think if you were to admit that to certain people, they would think you're mad. Um, <laughs> And hey, like, rightly so, they, you know, they, they're free to think what they want, but whenever you read this, for me, having maybe gone years without, without this kind of information and knowledge and wisdom, it was like, you know, quenching a thirst. So, yeah, I, I totally agree with your depiction there, Priyank, but to answer your question previously that you said, you know, would you read this or Peter? you... I'll give you what I think is the answer and it depends it depends very much depends on your the step of which you're in in your in your spiritual path the, the part of the journey that you're on um what what will land on your lap at that time maybe the exact thing you need for the next step um to to progress on that on that journey and if you need some you know imagination spur you know spurring some inspiration you maybe would find that more in this text than, than the Gita or vice versa so maybe it depends on, on you know what is right for you at that point in time such a politician <laughs> <laughs> yeah mike
2: yeah i want i wanted to answer the same question and in a similar way i feel like because there is different ways to god right and i have there some people, when they seek God, they have to know everything in detail. And if the Bhagavad Gita wasn't there, they would probably lose interest because they wanted to drill down on things and they couldn't. Um, and there's other people who don't go there at all. They read this and that's completely satisfactory to them. And they they have other, other ways to connect with God. They have more like the devotional way or something. So I feel like this is definitely the kind of higher level version. And in the Gita, you can, if you want to read um, about the little details and how it all works together, it's also there.
1: Yeah, agreed. It's like um, the Gita is like a, basically, uh, as an academic, an academic put the you know the most compile the most perfect scripture. That's how it is. Um, and then this is just like heart, heart, heart to heart, isn't it? Do you are you are you operating in the mode of intellect or into the in the mode of uh, your soul, whole heart? No, yeah. take your pick, isn't it? Especially if you're if you're debating um, religions and spirituality, then the Gita obviously stands you in a much better position than than this chapter would. But if you're looking for going deep in meditation, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll leave, leave you to take your pick. But uh, yeah. Um, I'll just read the last bit, if I may. Sriukdeshwara um, gave me light. On certain matters which i cannot reveal here during the two hours he spent with me in the bombay room he answered my every question a number of word prophecies uttered by him that june day in 1936 have already come to pass a couple of things here one his mahasamadhi was like on the 9th of march and this was in like june sometime so like at least Two or three months have passed since his passing and this resurrection. And his resurrection is not that his, you know, he rose from his tomb and you know, dug his way out. It's actually as as we know from um, Yogananda, it's new new atoms or new, you know, new for new molecules that come together. Uh, he describes this in the autobiography of Yogi. So there's there's that. Um, but also, uh, it's interesting that this it took two or three months for him to have this experience, um, and I was wondering what your guruji would have gone through in those two or three months. Um, and I think it's also related to what your were revealed in these these two two sections, like this cryptic. But This is probably the most cryptic part <laughs> of the of the autobiography, isn't it? Certain matters which I cannot reveal here. And then a number of world prophecies have already come to pass. So which prophecies and which matters? I think we should spend maybe a couple of minutes on. So, for, so certain things that you cannot reveal. You gave me light on certain matters that I cannot reveal. And I was just thinking, like, um, how much, like, um, not controversy, but how much, like, change uh, Guruji's organizations have gone through i.e., for example, even the Puri Ashram, you know, the where Sananda built that, had that temple built, is now owned by different uh, lineage, the Hariharananda or mission, uh, which is a different uh, mission, and SRF have, got legal cases trying to get the ownership of that, um, that ashram and also now we have um, what's it called? and in their lineage uh, Yogananda isn't the last guru they've got a living guru that carries on so which is completely different to how self-realization fellowship do it and then how Ananda do it as well Ananda is more on a self-realization fellowship um, you know uh, in agreement in terms of who the last guru is but that's a dispinter organization and they've they, you know, reveal the teachings and the career in their own in their own way, and obviously there's a lot of um, a lot of legal stuff that's happened in the background. So I was wondering if that's the kind of thing that Sri told him about. Um, also things like um, how you know not to worry, you know, the, the work will grow, just keep on keeping on, you know, things like that. So these are the kind of things in my mind that you know you can't really put to paper because there's so much legal and You know ramifications in terms of like how people come to the path, Um, and like even in terms of like hatred, in terms of like you know um, how how people, different organizations or different people belonging to the different organizations would uh, perceive each other. If you actually put it in writing here, uh, what three of the might have told him, or he knew what would happen, then it would firstly it probably would clarify for some people but then it would also alienate a whole other group of people so there's that element um and also the prophecies to come um i reckon uh, that's that's an interesting one i'll let you guys uh, mull over that one um mike
2: he he um words it very interestingly right he says um there are uh, certain things um that I am um, not allowed to reveal here, right? So he might have revealed it to other people, just not in this book, right? So there might be people in SRF who he told those things to. And then the other thing is, why does he mention it, but not mention what it is, right? He's just teasing it, right? <laughs> <laughs> if it's secret, then he could he could have just not mentioned it at all, but that's not what he does, right? He, he told me some things, but I can't tell you what they are. <laughs> <laughs> um, then he talked about world prophecies. Um, so what I what I can think of is that one day um, there will be a statement from SRF and like Guruji um, Sri Nishwar told Guruji in 1936 <laughs> and this about that. Thing that just happened there, or so <laughs> possibly. I've, I, I—that's kind of my take on it.
0: Yeah, there's going to be some ancient note or letter that Guruji wrote wrote down and they're going to pull out. i, I don't know. Is it, it's interesting, um, Prank, You know, we're, we're talking about controversies. Why? Why would it be controversial? Um, well, simply because. Guruji maybe did say in lessons and various uh, various talks to kind of hold your tongue and, and not spread, um, not spread controversies. Don't say things that uh, might rile something in in the other. And the story that sprang to mind was the story about is it the devil goes for a walk in the countryside <clears throat> and unhinges the gate and in a in a in a field and the donkey wanders in and eats the vegetables and the in the neighbor's pack, vegetable patch and they come out and the farmer comes out and shoots the donkey and then the donkey's owners come out and this, shoots the farmer to shot the donkey and then <laughs> you know with yeah, this bloodbath and carnage just because of what you know the, the gate was unhinged mm. by the devil mm. and maybe like this I was thinking well why would it necessarily be controversial like, you know could it have been something grandiosely beautiful you know um or, you know, uh, uh, but yeah, I think you're probably probably right. Maybe, maybe it would be um, more controversial, and maybe this is a reason why um, Guruji did say what he said—not um, to tease us, but to actually say, "Look, there's some things in life that are that uh, are better kept to yourself." Um, maybe this is something that we can take from that ins- insinuation um, uh, if we can link all these things together in speculation, but. Um, I don't know what was it, 1936. Um, so Uyghurs G was um, at times bewildered by the, you know what was going on in the world, World War One coming into World War Two. You know maybe there was events that um, he was saying simply would would occur, but not not to worry, things would be okay. The you know the, the world wouldn't self destruct. Um, maybe maybe there was something around that was timely around, around then. Um, that he, that he wanted to put in there. Um, but then when, when did the autobiography come out? When was it published?
1: Late 10, 10 years later. Yeah, Yeah. 1940s.
0: Mid-19- yeah. Mid-1940s. Quite after that point, yeah. So I don't know is the short answer, obviously. Um, what if but, you don't uh, know? Yeah. Guruji <laughs> 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 hasn't told me. Uh-oh, I, I wish I was one of those <laughs> that, might, that might know. Um, but of course not.
2: Like, yeah, another thing that uh Priyank also touched on was um, that the three months ha- had passed since Shiv Tashwar um went into Mahasamadhi, and the way they that the chapter starts is that Urchi says, Where were you? Why, why could I weren't we able to communicate? and maybe that that was kind of the time that it needed for for um, because. You, Guruji was said he would not accept that that Tri would leave his body, right? Maybe that was the time that was needed to kind of let it settle a bit. and um and then, of course, he's back, and he's also back, like also uh, like Priyank said before, it's like a completely new body that is exactly like the old one. Guruji says it even had the same scent as the old one and everything. so and so it is like not really that he can't be there, but it's just his role in this life was over. And um, now he can commune with him in spirit every day. So their connection persists. And the same way the the connection of us devotees can, can go on with Sri Yuktesh for it. Chris?
0: Mm-hmm. Yes. In the autobiography of Yogi, we, we do get a glimpse of what actually was going on in Yogananda's life just days after um, Sri uh you know funeral and masamadi and he and and says my days were filled with lectures classes interviews reunions with old friends and beneath a hollow smile and a life of ceaseless activity a stream of black brooding polluted the inner river of bliss which for so many years had been had meandered under the sands of all my perceptions, uh, and he, he cried, "Where has that divine divine sage gone?" Um, and yeah, you know, Yogananda was really hurting in those times, um, uh, and and he uh, he was he was really you know sharing all these all these stories with us that similar to when his mother passed, he had this you know black brooding pollution um, in, in his, in his uh, inner rivers of bliss um, that, that really shifted something in him. And again, we're going to talk more about this in the next uh, couple of minutes or sort the of minutes to come. Uh, and Yogananda talks um, about this in the lesson simply to take the emotions that we have in the human body, in the human form, and use them and mix them with the spiritual spiritualism, I think he says. Uh, and maybe this is a lesson that we're to take. From from Guruji's sharing of of this information. That's what I take anyway. You know, he's he's experiencing these human emotions just as we are. So what does he do with them? That's that's the that's the key for me, isn't it? Um but yeah, I mean it's it's amazing um, speculation, It's a good good question. Thanks for bringing it up. Um I don't know why, maybe he waited, I don't know what it was said, but when I first read it, I can say my reaction was. Damn it. Like wanting to flick through the pages to see if he actually revealed it um mm-hmm. later on. Um but uh but no, so we are more or less coming to the end then of this minute. We still just wanted to raise one more point.
1: Um sure. their last um uh words were that um basically whenever you enter the door of Niruvi Samadhi and called on me, I shall come to you in flesh and blood even as today which is um interesting because uh, we heard um and in a previous talk talk about um you know putting your gaze at the christ consciousness center and you bring the masters into your into your presence so i get the feeling that that's this is this is a confirmation of that um truth because obviously we can't enter you near know, but we can certainly knock on the door which is that musical chanta, which is what we what we do, and then um, and then it says that uh, earth cloud voice repeated in musical thunder, tell all whosoever knows by nirvikalpa samadhi that your earth is a dream of God can come to the finer dream created planet of Hiranyaloka, and there find me resurrected in a body exactly like my earthly one, Yogananda, Tell all. So. Mm. We need to liberate ourselves to the planet of Hiranyaloka, and then we will get to spend some happy moments with the divine incarnation that is Sri Yukteswar.
0: (laughs) Yeah, definitely captured my imagination probably the most um, uh, in, in the autobiography of a yoga that. Unbelievable. Mike, or sorry, Prank.
1: Yeah, and then and then and then he had the story where like he he spoke to some other people and they said they you know they saw him like for example Yudeshwar used to take you know walk around his compound and he spoke to an elderly lady he's like oh yeah I saw you know Sri Yudeshwar today and you was like you what a weight has been lifted from you know my heart he's, he's certainly risen. So he's, uh, you know, he, he to a few disciples he revealed himself as a resurrected, you know, in his resurrected form,
0: which is really cool. Yeah, yeah, and maybe to backtrack then, unless you have any any other points, um, any other stories you guys would would like to jump in with. Um, there is a moment where Yogananda was with Sri Dashwara. Um, before his passing um and we can maybe read that out uh to sort of wrap up this minute uh mike do you want to read the yogananda gets his wish card the first part yes it's
2: in the bottom guruji i came to you as a high school youth now i'm a grown man even with a gray hair or two though you have showered me with silent affection from the first hour to this Do you realize that once only, on the day of meeting, you have ever said, I love you? I looked at him pleadingly. Master lowered his gaze. Yogananda, must I bring out into the cold realms of speech the warm sentiments best guarded by the wordless heart?
0: (laughs) Can you? Yes. Guruji,
1: I know you love me, but my mortal ears ache to hear you say so be it as you wish during my married life I often yearned for a son to train in the yogic path but when you came into my life I was content in you I have found my son two clear teardrops stood in Suryukhdesh eyes Yogananda I love you always your answer is my passport to heaven I felt a weight lifted from my heart dissolved forever at his words Often had I wondered at his silence, realising that he was unemotional and self-contained. Yet sometimes I feared I had been unsuccessful in fully satisfying him. His was a strange nature, never utterly to be known, a nature deep and still, unfathomable to the outer world, whose values he had long transcended. And that was
0: Sri Ateswar. And it's, it's such an amazing um, story where we're, we're interwoven with all of the absolute, you know, mind blowing, mind boggling stories, um, uh, talking about astral worlds and so on and so forth, these amazing stories. We have this intimate, beautiful, very, dare I say, human um, interactions between the two great avatars, great saints. Um, where you know there's tears in the eyes they're simply expressing the love for one another Um, and it really when I was reading this was really moved you know these scenes and I talked about you know Yogananda's eyes you know it it really stays with me Um, so maybe you know Yogananda's sharing these stories these real intimate um, moments between the two to to maybe inspire us to anchor ourselves yes in the human experience but to to really have our our spiritual um you know efforts above all else uh, as well uh, so that we can maybe be them uh, in the astral planes um thereafter but um not to say that they're beyond the, the human experience either so amazing mike would you want to share
2: something I i just want to say it's so poetic the way they talk to each other and I feel like poetry is just using words in a loving way. You know, you put you you feel the love. So you have to you feel like I have to take this love and put it down into words, but not into any words, to words that are beautiful and meaningful. I mean, just listen to like Yogananda must I bring out into the cold realms of speech the warm sentiments best guarded by the wordless heart. And he just Knocks it out. He just goes like, "Okay." It's <laughs> just, it's just amazing, and I feel like the poetry, kind of, especially in book form, is something that kind of carries love like you could otherwise only do by 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 recording speech, right? Yeah, yeah, really, really um,
0: special moments uh shared and they they did a, a good job uh in, in the documentary but we have highlighted that they left considerable text out and given how long have we been uh chatting today um no <laughs> 90 <laughs> well minutes or something yeah yeah it's you know it's it's there's clearly so much so much uh, material there to cover and how do you do that in, in a short run of time and keep it concise and focused uh, but they did use some artistic license and include uh, some hints toward uh, what what had actually occurred or what was um, in the autobiography of yogi with shri Keshwar uh, appearing to yogananda in the last scenes um so yeah really really beautiful obviously solemn subject but um you know all inspiring um uh, topics and uh, really really nice to share share some of that with you guys today um and really with that we'll wrap up this minute. We've got more to look forward to in the next minutes. Um, You you know, what this impacts, um, what impacts this has on Yogananda. We'll go into detail uh, in the coming minutes, but um, with all said and done, guys, anything to add for this minute?
1: Certainly. Yeah, we have, okay, you go. Um, Yeah, Mike, we'll we'll discuss that in the next minute, I think. Um, But uh, I like the, um, you know, that quote, I can't remember where it's from, but death, Death has no victory over Sri Yukteswar. I think that's certainly Mm -hmm. apt. I think it's uh, in the autobiography of Yogi, but I could be wrong. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I I think that is. And um, Yeah, uh, great homage to to Sri Yukteswar. Hopefully we did it some justice if we left anything out. Um, Obviously, our our listeners will will want to raise one or two things um, with us. Please do. Um, We actually... um, I think the question that we have uh is that what we're going to leave for yeah, the yeah, next. Yeah, yeah, we'll do that.
1: Next
0: next okay, yep. awesome. uh Jaguru, everyone, thank you for joining us. And take care. Everyone. Take care. Take care. Bye.